Okay, page. Kufches. Today we're going to finish. I'd like to think we're going to finish. We're definitely going to finish Perak Base. Okay? Okay. A lot of you guys were asking me questions on Monday about exactly what the role of a tzaddik is. How do we connect ourselves to the tzaddik? Okay. So now, the Alter Rebbe is going to take us one step further into this. I gave you already some insights into what the Alter Rebbe said, but now it's going to get a step deeper. Okay. Now, just to remind you, we spoke about the fact that there were different types of souls. Some souls are the Rosh, some souls are the Akif. Some souls are like Avram Avinu and Moshe Rabbeinu. They're the leaders of the generation. And some of us are the lower ones. We're more shakua. We're more immersed in the world. So our job is bring Mashiach by revealing Hashem in Dira B'Tachton. You guys remember this? Okay. We also said that these souls that are Roshe B'nai Yisrael, their job is to bring chayos, to bring life into the world. And we, we get our sustenance, our spiritual sustenance through them. Do me a favor, let me just get a little bit into it, and then I'll, you'll, your question might get answered. Yeah, do you mind? Unless you had a clarifying question. Yeah? Yeah? Is this metaphor the same, have the same purpose as a metaphor of bridge? Yes, exactly right. So they're standing at the front of the bridge, guiding all the life force into the world, and our attachment to the tzaddik <coughs> is what sustains us, illuminates our soul, and allows us to then fulfill our mission. Now we're going to get a step deeper into that. This explains the Gemara and Ksuvus. The Gemara and Ksuvus on Kuf Yud Aleph Amid Beis quotes the Pasuk, We are meant to attach ourselves to God. Literally, Davek means, Devek is what? What does it say? What's Devek? Glue, very good. And Ledavka means to cleave. It means to cleave like glue. You want to become one with HaKadosh Baruch no, it's not davka like specifically. It's davka like davik. Yeah. So now shekol hadavik b'talmidei The Gemara says anyone who's davik who attaches himself to a talmud to a talmud chacham. Before you go crazy, don't worry. The Alter Rebbe is going to explain this. The Torah considers it It's like you're attached to God Himself. Now. Some people get very nervous when they hear this because they say, Rebbe, that sounds a lot like Christianity. It sounds a lot like Christianity. I can't connect to God. So God made a son in the world and we connect ourselves to his son and then we're connected to God. No. The author Rebbe is going to explain that that's not what the Gemara means. So what does it mean that attaching ourselves to a Talmud Chacham is like attaching ourselves to the Shekhinah? By the way, you guys know what Shekhinah means? Shekhinah means the indwelling of Hashem's presence in this world. Okay? Shechina is something we find in this world, the indwelling of God's presence in this world. This is Gemara and Ksuvah's Kufir Aleph on the base. What was that? We're going to see, we're going to see, we're going to see. Ki the Alter Rebbe explains, through attaching ourselves to a Tamachachim, Kshuros, Nefesh, Ruach, Neshama, Guys, why does it say Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama? You should know this by now. The three parts of our soul. So when it says Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama, what does it mean? It means the total, the totality of your soul, right? That when we are Mekasher, when we connect Nefesh, Ruach, and Neshama of the Amma Aretz, 
Who's the Amaretz guys? Us. The Kal Shabakalim. Not necessarily. Amaretz is somebody who doesn't know a lot. You probably know much more than an Amaretz. Okay? Recall, we said this, see, this is one of the things, just brief introduction. Remember I told you guys in the very beginning of Tanya that you have to make sure to be here every single day because it's cumulative. Everything you learn is based on knowledge that you had before. Let's go back. So now we said as follows. The soul, well, no, let's go even further back. The soul emanates from God's wisdom. Right, remember we said that? The highest point in God. What was the difference between a creation in this world, like a table, and the soul? The table was created through HaKadosh Baruch Hu's speech, right? Which means what, guys? The table experienced itself as other than God, right? But the soul, because it was created from Hashem's thought, right? It feels connected. Remember we said the Rambam, that God is one with His wisdom? So God does not think like a human being thinks, because when a human being thinks from both sides, what does that look like? I think. There's an action that I do. But because God is one, his thoughts are one with him, right? So, one, one sec, one second, let's just finish it up. So when we say a soul comes from God's thoughts, what do we mean to say, guys? A soul is one with Hashem, just like God's is thoughts. Part of Hashem? Correct. And that's what the, if you recall no, in the part, not, no not, not part physically, part. right? It's not part, part, right, exactly. It's not part physically. It's a manifestation, right, of the oneness of God. So, wow. Wow, what a surprise. Hang on one second. One second. I got to hit point. Okay, back to it. Duh, I got to recalibrate myself. It's so exciting to see. When you, when you see an old Talmud, you have to understand, when you guys leave, it's like an amputation. Because we spend so much time thinking about you guys, and working with you guys, and teaching, and learning, and it's such a beautiful relationship that when you leave, it's like an amputation. So imagine if an amputated part comes back, because it's like, ah, greatest nachas in the world. Can't believe I have you back in Shir. Okay, so, we said that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one with his thoughts. And because HaKadosh Baruch Hu is one with his thoughts, what does that tell us about the soul that comes from his thoughts? The soul is also one with God. So what's the feeling of the soul? The feeling of the soul is the connection to God. So however, let's say a person feels distant from God, intellect is only going to help you partially if you feel distant from God. But what do you need to do to connect to God? You need to cultivate the talent of the soul. What does it mean to cultivate the talent of the soul? That we're going to discuss. But the soul is your connection to God. Every one of us has a portal within. That's our connection to God. So now, when the soul of the Amaretz, which shares the same root, this is what's critical. On the level of a root, is the Amaretz any different from the Tamachachim? Just like the Tamu Chacham comes from Chachma Ilah, comes from the highest point in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom, which is to say that it's one with God, the Ama Aretz also shares the same exact root. His soul also is one with God. His soul also comes from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Chachma Ilah. Okay, so what happens? So, so now, 
let's, on this I want you to look inside over here. We're gonna, I'm going to read fast now, but look in the words. Just like every part of your body, even your hair, even your fingernails, all need to be connected to your brain. Why does your hair grow? Why do your fingernails grow? It all comes from where? It all comes from the... It all comes from the source. If there would be a split, if there would be a divergence between the mind and the hair, or the mind and the fingernails, what would happen? It wouldn't work, right? Like, an, like if you want the light to work, it has to be plugged into the electricity. You have to flip the switch. But the electricity is constantly running. That's what makes the light go on. The life force of a person comes, meaning into your arms, it comes through the mind. Spiritually speaking, it comes through the mind. So too in the parable. How does the life force come into the body? All of Claudius Yisrael's one body. This is what's critical. Why, if you hate another Jew, what happens? What are you really doing? You're cutting off a part of your body. It's an amputation. If you look at a Jew and you look askance at that Jew and you think, oh, that Jew is lower than me and they don't do as many mitzvahs as me and they do more averes as me and they don't know as much as me and you think that you're better, right? That gaiva, who's that gaiva against? It's against yourself. That's your brother. That's your sister, right? Terrible to do such a thing. So just like the, just like the life force and the physical aspect comes through the mach, comes through the head, Roshe b'nei Yisrael Shabbatorim, who are the tzaddikim? They are the mind of our generation, Right? They're the ones that know the most Torah. They're the ones that have the clearest understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. Because they know exactly what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants. Those tzaddikim are the Roshe B'nai Yisrael. They're the Moach. And therefore, If you want your soul to come alive, if you don't feel your soul, if you want your soul to come alive, one of the things you might need to do in your lives Attach yourself to your source. Because if your source, right, if you're, if you're a little brain damaged, right, in spiritual sense, if you're a little brain damaged in the spiritual sense, what happens, guys? You're cut off from your source. So when a person attaches themselves to a tzaddik, and this is what the Gemara means, when you attach yourself to a tzaddik, and... Correct. Now, my soul, his soul, they're all one, and that connection is built, and I'm learning from the tzaddik, right? It's not just sitting next to the tzaddik, but I'm learning from the tzaddik, and the tzaddik is looking, he's peering into my soul, and he says, this is what I can help you with in your life. So what happens, Rebosai? You start to steig from that, you start to grow. You found your source, you found your Rebbe. That's the importance of finding a Rebbe. When you find a Rebbe, your soul lights up on fire from it. Why? Ah, I'm connected to my source. If you want the godly life to be to illuminate, to be felt in the neshama of Klal Yisrael, then you need to be davik to tamachachim. So Rabbi Yisai, you have Rabbeim, you have Rabbeim in yeshiva. Rabbi Yisai, you got to attach yourself to your Rabbeim. As my Rebbe Rabbi Yaakov Bender Shlita, the Rashiva of Darchei Torah, used to say, you got to put your Rebbe in your pocket. You gotta put your Rebbe in your pocket. When you go somewhere, you gotta put your Rebbe in your pocket because that's your connection to your life force. Okay, skip now to page Kofiud. We'll go back into the Tanya. But if somebody attacks or denigrates a Tambachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachachach
The Talmud Chacham is going to support everybody. Okay? Because remember, that's his job in the world. His job is to bring life force into the world. So what about the person that turns their back on him? So Kaviyachal, if you're going to attack the Talmud Chacham, so then that's the relationship you have. You have a relationship, not with the front of the Talmud Chacham, not face to face, but to the Talmud Chacham's back. So you're attached to the Talmud Chacham, but not in a beautiful way, which means as follows. When we say Achorayim in Kabbalah and Hasidus, what it means as follows. Let's say I want to give a gift to Mikey. Okay? So let's say, well, let's, put it like, let's say I want to give a gift to Mikey. I want Mikey to know not how important the gift is. What do I want him to know? How important he is. Right? Isn't that, what, isn't that what's important? Right? Because if you are, if you only care about the gift, then you don't really care about the person. Right? So when you give the gift, what do you do? So you'll write a letter, go along with the gift, right? And when you give it to them, you're going to give it to them in a way that lets them know you're important. So maybe you'll put it on their pillow, right? So when they come into the room, they see it, it's there, it's all wrapped up nicely with a envelope, right? Beautiful letter that you wrote. Or maybe if you're giving it to them, right, especially if it's a really important gift, you get down on one knee, right? You show them, you look up at them, but you're facing them. That's what's critical, right? But if they're not important, if the package is important, like if you're a UPS delivery guy, which you may remember that story, if you're a UPS delivery guy, so then you just hand them the package and you go sign here. You don't look at them. Why don't you have a face-to-face relationship with the, with the, guy, with the person? I because I don't care. So did the package arrive? Yeah. Yes. But that's called me you're not, you're not directly giving it to them. Right. Right. In that case, our relationship, right, the relationship between the UPS guy, this is what's critical, the relationship between the UPS guy and you is nothing. There's no real relationship. What is there? There's just a feeling of, I got to get the package there. So it's necessary, but unimportant. That's what's critical. Guys, you got to get that down because we're going to come back to this many times over the course of the year. Whenever we say something is mebechinas achorayim, it's from the back, what we mean to say is it's necessary, but ultimately it's unimportant. Clear? So imagine if somebody had a relationship with their UPS guy. That would be weird, right? Not because, let's say, out of, let's say, let's say they developed a relationship with their UPS guy. I'm not talking about being nice and giving them a tip. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship. Like from, from delivering the packages, you got close. What relationship do you have with your mailman? Do you open up and tell the mailman your deepest secrets? Actually, he might know your secrets for a different reason, but that's not what I'm talking about. If you have, if you develop a relationship with your mailman, some might think that might even be inappropriate. That might be a situation where maybe you have to wonder what's going on behind the scenes, as. Or he's smiling because he knows one case that I am aware of, Ezra knows as well, is uh, I know, unfortunately, a woman who fell for her UPS guy. Married woman. And Lorelaino made bad mistakes. Yeah. Because what's important there is the package, the delivery system, not the actual person. So that's called Achorayim. What's your relationship with the tzaddik? The connection is the package, not the person. Right. The difference between an important relationship 
versus a necessary relationship is if it's important, the person is what's critical. If it's necessary, the package is what's critical, right? So when you give a gift to your wife, it's not a package. It's a gift, right? But when you get something from the mailman, maybe you even got that gift in the mail. It's not called a gift at that point, right? I didn't, between you and the mailman, he didn't give you a gift. He gave you a package, which you turned into a gift when you gave it to your wife. So, but I thought, I thought, it, so we don't want to denigrate, we don't, we don't want to not denigrate, we don't want to lift up the person, we want to lift up what they're doing for us. Right? So, so our, no, so, so why I, don't we, why don't we lift up the quote-unquote package that the Tzadik is giving us instead of, like, are we supposed to love him as a person because for who he is or because of what he does for us? No, because of who he is. Because when we look at the Tamil and we say, he is my Rosh. The same way that my Rosh is connected to my fingernails right now, the Tzaddik is my Rosh. Okay, and that's why it's so... Why are, you, why are you making the Tzaddik your Rosh? Because no, no, I, da, 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 da. not why am I making the Tzaddik my Rosh. The Tzaddik is my Rosh. What do you mean? You have to make that conscious, it's a conscious decision to go and find yourself the Tzaddik to make him your Rosh. I mean, that's not... Yeah, but it's, it's not just when, he is. When you, find, you, when you, find you are, when you find your <clears throat> Tzaddik, you'll realize... You didn't make him your tzaddik. He always was. That's why the connection feels so right. And when you find your Rebbe, you'll feel like, ah, it clicked. That's, like when that Rebbe speaks, it speaks to my soul. Could be. Could be. Now, again, we don't know what's going on inside of a person. But in my, in my mind, like those people, those are my tzaddikim, those are my rosh. That's why, I'll tell you an unbelievable dvartar that I heard from my rosh yeshiva, Rav Abba who should be zeichot or fushleim, unfortunately, he has Alzheimer's right now. But... Um, he told us an unbelievable vart. It's a critical vart. On Purim, Rabbi Isai, we didn't listen to Mordechai at Tzaddik when he told us not to go to Achashverosh Suda. Logic dictated to us, go to the Suda. Imagine if the, if the massive ruler invites everybody to the Suda. Chavra, did they have kosher food at the Suda? Yeah. Glot kosher food. Glot kosher food they had at the Suda. So what was the problem? Every nation in the world is going to go. The Jews aren't going to go. Mordechai is out of his mind. He doesn't understand politics. Mordechai has lost touch, right? He doesn't know what's going on. Rav Chaim Kanievsky over there in Bnei Brak. He doesn't know what's going on, right? Mordechai is out of touch. So they went. And they didn't listen. And as a result of not listening to the tzaddik, a terrible gzardin came upon Klal Yisrael. What was the rectification? What was the tikkun? What was the tshuva that we did? We had to listen to our tzaddik. So Mordechai told us, you have to fast. Tainus Esther, you have to fast. Rabbi said, does anybody know when the first Tainus Esther was? The first Tainus Esther was on the 15th of Nisan. That's correct. That means that they did not eat matzah that year. Chevra, matzah is a da'oraisa. Yesh kayach biyar chachamim lakor davar Torah. The chachamim have the power to uproot something from the Torah if they need to. Mordechai said he understood that the Avera that they did was because they did not attach themselves to the tzaddik. So he did an extreme thing. Now you have to listen to the tzaddik even when it goes against not just your logic, it goes against the Torah's logic. What did everybody do? Everybody fasted. That was the tshuva and that's why we were zaycha, Merash Shiva said, to ultimately having the victory of Purim. You can make fun of the tzaddikim of the generation, but when you make fun of the tzaddikim of the generation, your relationship with your roish, you'll still be sustained by it, but now you're unimportant. You're one of the, like, just necessary pieces, but ultimately unloved. Chap? Make sense? Roy? I mean, obviously there's a backward about it, but what's the function of it? You know, 
What's the? What's the punishment to be old? You know, you're you're full with the road, like with your tzaddik, with your rabbi, Is, without your rabbi. Ah, so that's why when we didn't listen to our rosh on Purim, we were going to be wiped out. Because a body without a head is dead. So since we didn't have a relationship to our Rosh, we were going to be killed. So you're right. That even though it could be that in this world it's still, you're still alive, but ultimately because you're not kashur to the tzaddik, what are you really doing here? Yeah, last question, then I want to go weiter. Um, Rabbi said that, that, that tzaddik can have, have the kerech done to or something in the Torah. Yesh kerech biyarcha chan, lakadur Yeah. So, like, how can... How can like how can the work, how can like Klai like make that differentiation in terms of where do we get pushback and how, like how, how did they know like we don't know only the greatest tzaddikim of the generation were capable of doing something like that me I'm a blata on the floor I could never decide to do something like that but if the if the greatest tzaddikim of the generation tell us that we have to do something that's that's we listen to them. But not every local Orthodox rabbi is chacham to be oiker Yisrael decides in the sense that we always have had people that were the established tzaddikim of the generation. It's always been. Rav Moshe Feinstein was always the established paisik of, of America. We've always had a... Now sometimes the tzaddikim argue, but they never argue about things like that when it comes to being oiker In fact, I'll tell you I think I told you guys this once already, but it's good to repeat. Rav Moshe Feinstein assured having an Erev in Brooklyn. You guys know this? Rav Moshe said, you're not having an Erev in Brooklyn. Yeah, because no, uh, of... So yeah, I hear. So but that's the Because yeah. Ocean Parkway makes it impossible to have an Erev. After Rav Moshe passed away, there was, a vad, there was a vad meeting in Brooklyn, and one of the rabbis got up and he said, I disagree with Rav Moshe Feinstein. We should be able to have an Erev in Brooklyn. And one of the people that uh, felt differently, he that. said, he said to he said to this rabbi, he goes, "Tell me, how many prakim are there in Erevin? How many blat are there in Erevin? How many words are there in Erevin?" Right? Rabbi said, "I have no idea." He goes, "That was the difference between you and Rav Moshe. Rav Moshe didn't know just the amount of prakim. He didn't know just the amount of blat. He knew every single word in Erevin. And that's why Rav Moshe says it's aser. It's aser. Yeah." In a spiritual sense, your soul comes alive. Your soul, your, the, the feeling that your soul has of its godliness is directly connected to the tzaddik in this world. And that's the job of the tzaddikim. It's true, but, there's, but the relationship is diminished. That's what, was, that's what Roy was asking before. Because to the degree that the relationship is diminished, I will be able to feel my soul. The person who's connected to the tzaddik has a greater relationship with the soul. The feelings that come in are alive. They're not dead. Okay? That's right. That's right. It's practical. Right? And so you go to the tzaddik, the tzaddik... Now, again, you're not... I want to be clear. Hasidus doesn't tell you not to be a thinking person. That's the worst... If you walk away from this thinking that, that's the worst thing in the world. You're not going to the tzaddik and saying, I don't know what to do in my life. I'm not putting in any thought. You just tell me what to do. No, not at all. When you came to your tzaddik with a shiloh, it was a, it was a, it was a shiloh. You had a shiloh. You thought about it in multiple ways. I said, I don't know. Should I go this direction? Should I go that direction? So you didn't know what to do. So the tzaddik would talk to you about it, and the answer would become clear. What would be the best way to serve Hashem? No different than if you were thinking to your own mind. Kilo, that's the level of connection the tzaddik has with the mind. Okay, weiter. I want to finish Perik basically. We have very little left, but let's just make sure we finish it. Okay. 
Mashakasid Bizoar, Bizar Khadosh, Shaikar Tolu Shi Kadish Atzma Bishash Tashmish Dafka, Mashain came Banayamayaris. We're gonna have an awkward conversation, but we're gonna deal with it maturely like adults. The Zohar says as follows The development of a soul is not accidental. Okay? And we're going to see that it's um, it's not the soul itself, but it's the lavush of the soul. But the development of the soul, we're going to say the clothing. Literally means the clothing, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. The development of the soul is a function of the way it was created, which means tashmish hamita. Tashmish hamita means the usage of the bed, which means bia, which means having sex. So now, there's something called sneas. Sneas means there are things that are appropriate, there are things that are inappropriate. And without getting into what those halachas are now, there are halachas that guide us in the bedroom. Okay? Difference between Svaradim and Ashkenazim. I highly recommend at the end of the year, the Rosh Hashiva gives a dating and marriage shir. And one of the things he covers is some of the halachas of Tznius in the bedroom. Highly recommended that come post Pesach, you take the Rosh Hashiva's dating and marriage shir. Okay. So now, when a person acts, here's the critical word, shiikadesh atzmo. When a person sanctifies themselves, what does sanctify mean, Rabosai? Because sanctify is a word that nobody knows what it means. Makes what was that? Holy? It mean, makes them holy, nobody knows what holy means. It means transparency. Separation is close, there's truth to that. Transparency is the word we're going to use for this entire year. Make sure you get this down. Whenever we use the word kedusha, what we mean is transparency. It's a place where God's presence is clear. You understand? So if in the act of Tashmish Hamita, the parents are thinking appropriate thoughts, behaving in an appropriate way, that reveals godliness, then the soul that comes down into this world will be a particular type of soul. Now, we're going to clarify in a moment exactly what that means. It doesn't mean, as we're going to see, that just because the parents are tzaddikim, the child will be a tzaddik, or if the parents are a shayim, that the child will be a rasha. Because we've seen throughout our history that some of our greatest tzaddikim came from parents that were a shayim. Not just what they think. The general following of the halachos, which thought is part of it, the general following of the halachos of sneers. For example, there's a halacha that when you're engaged in Tashmash Amita with your wife, you're not allowed to think about any other women. That's obvious and appropriate, right? Because if I'm thinking thoughts are very powerful, right? And if I'm thinking about another person, it's a corrosive thing in the relationship. You should be with your wife, right? She should be with her husband. So that's some of the halachot of Tznius. Make sure you're focused on intimacy. Intimacy means the creation of oneness, right? So we want to focus on the person not just on the physical act, right? Tovia? Correct. Correct. Sneas in general is important, but here we're speaking about specifically in Tashmash Amita. I thought. That's what will influence the development of the soul, and we'll see what that means in a moment. I, I have this like, I, think, I feel like I have this like concept that I've learned before is that. All souls, or whatever we're going to call souls, or whatever makes up the soul, was created when Hashem created the world. So good, 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 good. It's, it's going to be. It's going to. It's going to be answered right now. Hi. Let's answer his question. 
I'm not going to keep repeating this, guys. What does nefesh ruach and neshama mean? The totality of the soul. You guys, if you don't know that by now, you're not going to know for the rest of the year. This is what's critical. We're introducing a new concept now, which is that a soul is not just a soul, but it also has clothing. Also has clothing. What is clothing? Clothing is what allows us to interact with each other. Clothing means an expression. Okay? So we're going to see that the levushim of the soul, which are going to be, as we're going to see later, machshava dibor v'maisa, the way we think, speak, and act. Right? Not the soul itself, because the soul itself has nothing to do with the tashmish of the mother and the father. The soul is already whatever soul it is. So sometimes even a great soul could come into a family of Rishayim. Who's an example of that, Rabosai? You should get this quickly. Avram Avinu, whose father was Terach Arasha. Yeah? So it's not the soul that's impacted. It's what? The soul's capacity to express itself in its levushim, in its machshava dibar v'maisa. Bensi? Where do? Like genetics? That's part of the levush. Like, does it affect your soul at all? No, but it may impact the way my soul expresses itself. Look at the next line, it'll become a little bit more clear. But let's just make sure, let's yeah, clarify this line. Every single soul is impacted by the, from its parents. Yeah? No, it shouldn't. You're going to see why in a second. Meaning, the levush is what you get from your parents. So you're a soul. It doesn't matter if your parents behaved appropriately or inappropriately. Your soul is your soul. So the soul of a tzaddik could come into a family of Rishoyim. But now the soul has challenges that it needs to overcome. And overcoming those challenges is an amazing opportunity for the soul. So if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, I don't know if my parents were makbid in these halachos, right? It doesn't matter. Adarabha. If your parents were mocked, but great, you might find it more easy to connect to God in machshav adibur v'maisa. But if not, it also doesn't matter. Because just like a person could change their physical clothing, so too a person can change their spiritual clothing, which is why they're called levushin. Because you could think one thing one day and think something else the next day. So you could, totally different. Correct. You could constantly change your levush. It doesn't matter what you wear. Because it changes from one day to the next. It's basically just saying that anyone can change. Exactly. Can be a better and that's, by the way, remember I told you guys in the very first day, what did the Alter Rebbe say? What was the purpose of Hasidus? Not Lishana es midaisov, not to change your character traits, but Lishana es tivaisov. You could even change your nature. So you were born one way, you think one way, doesn't matter, you could think a different way. You speak one way, a guy says to me, Rebbe, I have such problems with cursing. I can't stop cursing. I'm constantly cursing. No problem. Yeah, I give you Yes, yes, it's exceptionally hopeful. Yes? Yeah, it's the way, it, meaning all of your characteristics are the way that you think, speak, and act. Right? You're not going to find any characteristics out of that, outside of those three. They don't come, so that's the point, they don't come exactly from your soul, right? Because my soul expresses itself in a particular way. Some people have coarser speech. Some people are born with it. It's, it's more difficult for them to, to say beautiful things. They, they're more naturally going to say the negative thing. It's okay. You could work through that. You could change your lavush. But if you're wondering why you... 
if you're wondering what the value is in being appropriate when you guys Bezer Hashem get married, right, you should know Tashmashamita is a serious moment of sanctification because the soul that's produced from that is going to have certain utilities in this world. It's going to have certain things that it wants to do. So you've got to have uh, appropriate Tashm Shamita. Yes? So the reason I ask is, so your soul is not the main personality, is the right word, but your soul by itself is going to have the personality. Your soul by itself. It's okay, it's okay. Your soul by itself. Rabbi, say, remember, David HaMelech, the Malch HaMavis was able to get him just from one moment of Bittal Tara. Let's stay stark. Um, your soul by itself would be like you. Like, I'll give you an example. I had a Talmud many, many years ago. This is when I was still in college and I was doing my master's degree. So part of doing your master's degree is you have to do student teaching. So I was doing my master's degree in special ed. So I was teaching special ed. So one of the boys in the shear was a great kid. But unfortunately, when he was young, he had fallen down the stairs. as a very young baby. And he smashed his head. And as a result, he had language delay. It was very, very sad. Because here's a boy who's bright, but you ask him like a question, he knows the answer, he just can't get it out. So in sheer, so I would like ask a question, and he'd be like, ooh, like you would see, he would know the answer, and I would say, and he'd be like, and I would always say, it's okay, I'm gonna continue on, when you're ready, you'll tell me the answer. And I wouldn't let other people answer, and literally five minutes later, I could be in the middle of talking about something else, he would blurt out the answer to the question from five minutes ago. I would stop the shear. I would go back five minutes because I wanted him to feel dignity because he got the answer. But it could literally take him five minutes to travel from his brain to his mouth because he hit his head when he was young. That was a terrible thing. Now you should know from that, I have a pacha neuro of kids falling down the stairs. In my house, I put carpeting, even though it's Israel and everything here is a tile, I put carpeting on the stairs just from that. The soul is the same way. The soul has something to say but it has to travel through the debor of a person, through the faculty of speech. So it requires, you understand? But you won't be able to change the characteristics that are in your soul. They, because the point is right. The soul's characteristics don't need to change, but the expressions need to change. Right? Okay. Every single mitzvah that you do, this is what's critical. Ultimately, how do you do a mitzvah, guys? All mitzvahs come down to one of three things. The way you think, right? Talmud Torah the way you speak, and the action that you do. So is there such a thing as doing a mitzvah without a lavush? No. Which means how important are your lavushim? Very important. What if you have a guy who says... What was that? How does your lavush interact with their soul? We're going to discuss at length. Right now we're just being introduced to the concept. How does you like bring out Right. It's the expression of the soul. Like each one of us have a personality. Somebody could be very funny, right? That might be in their soul. But is it appropriate humor or inappropriate humor? That would be the lavush. Right, it's the expression of it. Just the same way when a person wears clothing. Right now, Rafi, you're wearing clothing. The clothing expresses something about you. Everybody says, I wear clothing because they're functional. Liar. Nobody wears clothing because they're functional. And there was a movie that came out about this. It was called The Devil Wears Prada. I don't know if you've seen this movie or heard of this movie. But the movie spoke about the fashion industry. And the fashion industry is a multi-billion dollar industry. And the, the heads of this industry are deciding what color, what patterns, things you think you have control over. Believe me, you have no free will when it comes to these things. I see, I see all the time, every one of us on some level, we're all choosing to wear certain things because it gives us a particular image that we like. There's nothing wrong with that, right? Because the lavush expresses it. It should be an appropriate lavush. Yeah, Ezra. When, it refers, when the Torah refers to Adam Kalba and not wearing clothes and Hashem 
very good, very good, very good. That's a very deep sugya. Exactly what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do when he clothed them? Because there, there's a difference between Kasnas R with an Ayin or Kasnas R with an Aleph, as Rameir said. Or there's a difference between the way they covered themselves with a fig leaf or the way they were covered in the initial point of creation, which is to say they were covered with fingernails. A very deep Torah, very big, not for now. But an excellent question. And by the way, that's the site. If you learn over there, the Hasidus over there in Pashat Barashas, massive sugyas about what does it mean that they were ashamed of their nakedness and what does it mean to clothe yourself from that. Big, big stuff. Beged is from Alashon of Bogeid. I'm going to, again, I'm getting ahead of myself, but it's big tires over there. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, can, we, can we say that the, uh, that, so, so, so when, all, when Hannah says that, like, what happens during uh, sex is what, is what forms the clothing of the soul, can we use that as a microcosm of really just saying the way that somebody's, br- it's a kind of like, um, like, um, what do they call it, like in, uh, in psychology, it's, um, Nature versus uh, nature. Nature versus nurture. Can we, Correct. Can we say it's, not, it's not just like what happens like during sex; it's what happens to the entire child's. You could say upstairs. that. You or could say that. Not saying that it's very specific. Right. Saying Here he's speaking. I, I think the time you would agree with what you're saying, but right now we're saying something specific. Like this isn't this isn't an example. This is a specific. Thing. Right. Before the baby's born. Right. No, he's saying the nature in that regard. It's the nature of the soul, not of the soul itself, but of the lavush of the soul is impacted. Well, it makes sense, right? Because think about it. If you anything you do in the beginning. Right is going to have an impact at the end, right? So like, um, if you're uh, if you're driving a car, you turn to the right, you're going to turn. That's what happens, right? So if you're inappropriate in the beginning, the development of the soul is going to have certain qualities that are going to be inappropriate. Yeah, now, yeah, now the soul will have to work through. Now your parents. No, no, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Your parents, by being inappropriate, they don't affect you because your soul is always going to be pure. But the way that your soul has its levushim, that comes from the parents. That comes from the parents. Why? So therefore, because that's the way it is. Genetics. Mams is a complicated parsha. I'm going to ask you to hold a very complicated parsha, but we will answer it eventually. That's right. That's right. That's right. Which means the way you think, speak, and act. That's right. That's exactly right. Uh, the levushim of the soul, not the soul itself. Nah, exactly. Now you got it. Right? Uh, it's really depending on. A really, really probably something that was not thought about when the time was being written. What happens to uh, scientific, like artificial insemination and stuff like that? Say that again. That's not the what's called. That's not. That's not is the. That, is, that, is that a perfect? Language? Saying it's, it's no. It's not a kasha because because the Tanya is not speaking. The Tanya is not speaking physically. He's speaking spiritually. Meaning he's. Thanks. So what happens to the. You're saying if there was no act of Tashmash Amita, what's called appropriate and inappropriate? No, I'm saying that there is, I mean, there are such things. If, uh, if Today there's such a thing as fertilization yeah. without, without Tashmash Amita. Yeah. Right. So there's still halachos that guide that, right? So that's still oh, yeah, defined as appropriate. Meaning, it's not... It, you like, what, don't curse on the way to the clinic? Like, <laughs> no, that's not what so I'm saying. Like, what's literature, the, he was saying there's appropriate means following halacha. Even within artificial insemination, there are still others. That's correct. Exactly right. Okay, last line, and we'll finish for the day. Not only does the lavush impact the way the soul engages with the world and does every single mitzvah, but also the shefa. What does shefa mean? The energy that's brought down into this world. How does it? How is it received by the soul through its lavush? So, 
it, it's two ways. Oh, the way you react to something. Correct. The Shefa that comes into the world from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, right? HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving, he's giving energy into this world. How each soul receives it also comes through those channels. So now we have it on two levels. It's the soul's ability to express itself. It's the soul's ability to receive God. So they're impacted by the Lavush. How important is it to take care, to be Mekadesh ourselves in the time of Tashmash Shamita? Ve'em Yekadesh Asatzmo, Yamshech Lavush Kadosh Lanishbas Bano. If we will be Mekadesh ourselves, meaning if we will make our bedroom a place of transparency, meaning a place where God is present, because God should be present in every aspect of our lives, so then our children will be born with Lavushim that are Kadosh. Ve'afiluhi Nishama Gedailah. Even if it's a big neshama, nevertheless, its lavush is not dependent on the size of the neshama, right? Even if it's a, even if it's a lavush, I'm sorry, even if it's a soul of Avram Avinu, right? It still requires what type of lavushim? Heilige lavushim. It needs lavushim that are kadosh, right? So it doesn't matter if the soul is very big, it could have very coarse lavushim. Aval neshama atzma, but the neshama itself... Sometimes you have the biggest people in the world. Sometimes they come from the lowest people in the world. Like we said about Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was one of the biggest neshamas that ever came into the world. Right? Who did he come from? Wasn't there a Tzadikis that was described as a rose among the storms? Yes. We're not going to get into it now, but very good. But that's the point. You could be born to very, very low families. My parents weren't keeping shadows, my parents weren't keeping kosher, nobody went to mikvah, what are you talking about? How could such a neshama come into that family? That's what happens. That's what happens. The neshama, it doesn't matter who your parents were. Your neshama could be amazing. Was that? Different case, different case. But, when it comes to what's called, when it comes to the levushim, even the big souls need appropriate levushim. And that's what it says, K'mayshikasa v'arizal, k'alza b'likutei tarah parshas v'yeira, v'tamei misas parshas b'reshas. If you go look over there, in the Arizal, brought down Lekutei Torah from the Altar Rebbe and Parshas Vayera, Tamei Amitzvos, you will see all of this. Rabbi Yisai, I will see you, Be'ezer Hashem, tomorrow.